Good morning. This is Donna Quinn. And for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we will be speaking with Katie Volke. She is the Executive Director of the North Coast Land Conservancy. We'll hear about an exciting project, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to create the Rainforest Reserve here on the north coast of Oregon. An incredible opportunity, a grant from the Oregon Watershed Enhancement Board in the last week just made this happen in a way that now, with just the rest of us, we can make this a real thing, a real happening, uh, happening. Uh, okay, I'm just blathering here. Anyway, sorry. So, good morning, Katie Volke. Good morning, Donna Quinn. Nice to hear your I'm voice glad to on talk to you. Today. Thank you. This is so exciting that really I've read so much about it. I just watched the video online, and uh, so I don't quite know uh, enough to say about it. That's it's just all so good what what we can do here. But before we talk about the Rainforest Reserve, um, Katie, let's uh, introduce the listening audience to you, please, and please tell us a bit about yourself. All right, thanks. Uh, so I have lived on the Oregon coast for, oh gosh, it's getting close to 17 or 18 years now. Uh, I live in Nehalem with my husband and our three boys. Um, my husband and I are both biologists, and that's uh, what brought us to the coast. We followed the salmon. And when I first started working for North Coast Land Conservancy about 16 years ago, it was as a seasonal biologist. And so I was a real on the ground kind of field biologist and sort of thought that's what I always would do. And, uh, but working with the North Coast Land Conservancy, uh, I got to just meet a lot of wonderful people and learn about the impact that land conservation can have and um, decided that was really a path that I wanted to follow. And so, uh, so now I get to be the director of the Land Conservancy. I've been leading it for about 10 years now. And, uh, and it's been just a wonderful gift for me to, to have that be a part of my life. I'm so glad that, uh, that seasonal work led my family uh, out to the coast so that this could be where we live now. Yes, we're very fortunate here to live in, with all of this beauty, which must be protected. And that's one of the things the North Coast Land Conservancy does. You work in three counties. You work in, uh, in Lincoln County, in Clatsop County and in Tillamook County. Mm -hmm. And why don't you tell our listening audience, please, a bit about the North Coast Land Conservancy. You're a 501c3 nonprofit, and how you're funded, what your mission is. Uh, just an introduction to the North Coast Land Conservancy, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, North Coast Land Conservancy is about 30 years old. Uh, we started in Seaside uh, by a group of people who had sort of grown tired of um, of the environmental wars at the time. You know, there, it was a time of a lot of controversy around environmental protections. Um, it became, you know, a real us and them type of thing, even though the environment is something that we all benefit from equally. It also is a place where many people um, get their jobs and can support their families. And so when there became more and more environmental laws and regulations, the environmental movement was really a fight, kind of a legal battle. And locally, uh, those legal battles, you don't really get to see the results of them, and it can be kind of exhausting. 
And so these folks had discovered uh, the movement of land trusts, which was a relatively new movement that was sort of moving across the country. And so, uh, so some folks in Seaside were like, hey, let's check out this land trust thing. And uh, what makes a land trust unique is that um, we aren't going out there and saying what we're against. We're not um, fighting a political fight or a fight against the laws. We're looking at the lands that we know well because they're our home here on the North Coast. And we're using our science and our biology to focus on particular places that uh, really help that landscape thrive. So like the heart of the system, you know, protect the estuaries, because without the estuary, you really can't have a full functioning watershed. Protect the streams where there's the highest abundance of salmon spawning grounds and those streams that feed our own lives because they're the drinking water of our towns. And so it became a way to say what we were for instead of what we were against. And in doing that allowed North Coast Land Conservancy to really build some great relationships and partners with folks that maybe used to be seen as foes. And so now we get to work with timber companies and uh, farmers and uh, state and federal agencies to look at those places on the land and then see if we can bring them into the public benefit. And so ultimately what we do is we end up being the landowner and we create nature areas that we pledge to own and manage for all of time for that public benefit. And so in those 30 years, we started out as a pretty quiet organization, um, just doing, doing work with those who about us and just starting to bring some of those critical lands into conservation. And now we kind of sing it from the rooftops because what we have found is that people get really excited to know that one of their favorite places will be there forever. And, uh, and they want to know about this work that's going on around them. So in those 30 years, we have created around 60 different natural areas within that service area between the Columbia River and Salette's Bay. And, um, and we have protected well over 5,000 acres of land that we take care of for the sake of people and plants and fish and wildlife. Yes, the North Coast Land Conservancy is a shiny example of what can happen when you bring people together for a common goal. And people, plants, and wildlife that's something that I think everyone values, and we have to figure out how to do that. And you all have managed to do that in a very powerful and important way. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the projects that the North Coast Land Conservancy is perhaps best known for here on the coast, the North Oregon coast? Yeah, thanks. Um, well, a few years back, there's one that uh, many people, especially residents out here, would know about um, well, actually about 15 years ago, we purchased the Circle Creek property, and Circle Creek is at the south end of Seaside. Um, for those that are coming north, it's uh, before you go into town, there's uh, a big open pasture that then leads up to the base of Tillamook Head. Often a big herd of elk is out there. And what many of us remember is that it also is where the highway used to close all the time in the winter. 
And so that property is um, 364 acres of floodplain, and it used to have a levee on it. So we purchased that property so that we could care for that floodplain environment, which is a very rich environment for salmon and other wildlife. And we also uh, always had hopes that we might be able to remove the levee that had been on the property because the levee was actually causing, to a great degree, the flooding on the highway. By trying to keep water off of the pasture, it was pushing water onto the highway. And so um, maybe six or so years ago now, maybe seven, um, we started to work in partnership with ODOT and Clatsop County to study uh, the results of moving that levy and to also um, bring funding into it. And uh, so as the county was studying the different options for how to solve this highway flooding problem, um, many of the options were raise the road or build a big causeway all of them, many millions of dollars of investment uh, that would have to go in. But one of the options, which seemed to be not only the most effective, but also the most affordable, was to simply remove the levy. And so we partnered with all of those organizations to break down that levy and reestablish flooding on our property. And what is very unique about that is um, that there aren't very many landowners that want their land to be flooded. And um, because we're looking at natural processes as the benefit to us being a landowner, we were just really placed in the right place there for not only the fish and wildlife benefits, but the human benefits of uh, being able to open the highway. And so now I think we kind of forget that many of us used to time our winter driving, you know, based on the rain and the tides, because often the highway would close. And since having removed that levy, it's uh, a hardly a problem anymore at all. So that's a, that's a great project that I really love because it highlights how our work as conservation really is also about people. And um, for those that might not consider themselves environmentalists or nature geeks like myself, um, you can see the benefit that conservation had for the human community right there. Yes, and, and I've been most, fortunate enough to go on a hike at Circle Creek, and you do. It is open to the public uh, at, at various times so that people can spend time in that beautiful place. And you have many other projects that you're working on on a continual basis, whether it's the Great Coastal Backyard Bird Count um, or what just happened with the Class of Nehalem tribes. Yeah, that's one of the most wonderful projects that I've been able to be a part of was recently transferring one of the properties that we had owned for close to 20 years, transferring it back to the Clatsop people. Um, that's at the mouth of the Nicanicum Estuary, right at the Seaside Gearhart border. And it was the historic um, uh, site of Neococci Village, which was a very long and enduring village and a vibrant indigenous community, a vibrant trade zone, and a, and a sacred site for the Clatsop people. And um, since the Clatsops had been, um, their lands had been taken and their treaties hadn't been ratified, it had been, you know, more than 100 years since the Clatsop people had owned land in their homeland. And, uh, and, and now this it, it's albeit small, 
um, but a step towards being able to reestablish their culture here in their homeland. Mm. And of course, all of us are being affected by COVID, and that has affected your work parties, your opportunities for people to volunteer. But on the website, there are opportunities for people to volunteer and to sign up for the newsletter. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that has been impacting the North Coast Land Conservancy? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the last few months have just turned sort of everybody's world upside down. And for North Coast Land Conservancy, that is also true. And, um, you know, the most negative impact that we have had um, is just that we miss each other. Our organization, um, our staff, and our volunteers work together uh, a lot. We work really hard together, and we are inspired by each other. And and we get a lot of work done um, out on the land, caring for the land with volunteers through group activities. And this is the time of year where usually I'd be inviting you all out on guided hikes and nature tours and work parties to remove weeds and plant trees. And this year we aren't able to do any of that with our group. And so we are really missing the people part of our mission. And um, if anything, what this has uh, I think helped us realize is how how critical you know the people in the community are to North Coast Land Conservancy and to keeping our mission strong, and um, so we really miss each other. Um, but that being said, everybody is healthy and safe, and so you know it's a it's a pretty um, small problem given the challenges in the world today. So. We've been really grateful um, to see how other community organizations have, um, you know, just put, oh, my gosh, their heart and souls into helping people thrive and um, making sure people have, you know, food and shelter and the basic needs that uh, so many have been really affected by right now. And so, if anything, you know, we've just wanted to um, try to elevate the the voices of those groups and um, share their information and um, and realize that that's a role that we can play, that we have this vision for a coast where people, plants, and wildlife all thrive, and a lot of people aren't thriving right now. So it's been an opportunity for us to really look at all of the other service organizations on the coast and, and be quite impressed and inspired by all the hard work they're doing for people. Yes, working together is how we must move forward. And if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn, and I'm talking today with Katie Volke. Katie is the Executive Director of the North Coast Land Conservancy, a 501c3 organization preserving uh, wildlife habitat, preserving lands which are crucial to the North Coast. They work in... Tillamook, Clatsop, and Lincoln counties. And actually, we're now going to talk about this exciting grant that you just received from the Oregon Watershed Enhancement Board for the Rainforest Reserve Project. That is really a huge focus, I think, right now for all of us, is how do we help the North Coast Land Conservancy complete that? And so for those members of the listening audience who aren't familiar with the Rainforest Reserve Project, Please tell us what that is, Katie. All right. I'd be glad to. Uh, The Rainforest Reserve is, well, it's the most ambitious project that North Coast Land Conservancy has ever worked on. 
and um, and it's truly unprecedented for Oregon. Uh, it's a project that will uh, connect land and preserve land from the 3,000-foot summit of Onion Peak all the way down those forested plunging watersheds to where the land joins with Oswald West State Park, Short Sands Beach, and the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve. There's really nothing like it on the Oregon coast. There's really nothing like it even uh, on the West Coast outside of Alaska to be able to create that type of conservation corridor from the high summits all the way out into the ocean. So it's a real honor to be working on this project. It's something that our organization has envisioned for nearly 10 years and five years ago became uh, a real option for us to pursue because the landowner was willing to work with us to sell the land to us. And so that's why this project is, ha is right now happening um, and why we're working so hard to raise the funds that we need to purchase this incredible landscape is because right now is when the land is for sale and available for us to, uh, to purchase this in the next year. And um, we just received a $2.1 million from grant from the Oregon Watershed Enhancement Board, which is a huge grant for that state organization to give out. Uh, their acronym is OWEB, and they are funded by Oregon Lottery Dollars. And those lottery dollars were designated to go out to watershed protection and to state parks. And we've been the beneficiary of some of those grants in the past. Um, but it's very rare for that organization to give out a grant that's more than a million dollars. And so to give something like $2.0 million to the Oregon coast to this particular landscape really shows that at a state and even national level, this is an incredibly significant place. And so how about I just get you all a little bit oriented to why it's so significant and where it is. Um, most anybody who's listening to me right now has seen the Rainforest Reserve, sort of whether you know it or not, because it's that rugged ridge line that kind of slashes at a diagonal through the coast range. Um, it goes from sort of the northeast corner of Clatsop County, and, and there's this really high rugged peak line that then follows all the way out to Neokani Mountain where it joins with the ocean. And the majority of that rugged peak line from when you're looking at the rounded top of Onion Peak out to Neokani Mountain is a part of the Rainforest Reserve and this conservation corridor that I'm talking about. So it's really your view shed. You know, you can see it from across the river in Washington. You can see it from down in Tillamook County. And that's because those mountain peaks rise all the way to 3,000 feet above the ocean. And they're only about a mile and a half inland. So it's this like epic landscape. It's made of basalt, and that basalt uh, uh, came to the Oregon coast about 15 million years ago from fissures in the earth that spewed lava, and that lava flooded all over the Pacific Northwest. The lava then filled the Columbia River Channel and followed the Columbia River Channel as a lava flow all the way out to the Oregon coast and into the ocean. It filled the submarine canyon of the Columbia River. And over millions of years, as present-day Oregon coast rose out of the ocean, this solid basalt dike that was down there rose up out of the ocean. So first, these mountain peaks arrived in modern-day Oregon as islands out in the ocean. 
little bit like haystack rock. These rocks came rising out of the ocean, and plants and wildlife started to colonize on those islands. And they went through evolution independently because they were isolated. The mountains continued to rise and changed from islands into low hills and then into high mountains because the Oregon coast is still rising. We're actually still on an uplift. And these mountain peaks particularly stand out from the rest of the coast range because they were made of hard rock. So as they rose and then our rain fell, the soft sandy sediments around the basalt would wash away quickly and the hard rock would stay. So that's why the mountains are so rugged and steep and so much taller than the rest of the coast range. All of that geology and that history led to a biology and ecology that evolved on these mountains that was different and unique from the rest of the land around it. So even today, there are plants and animals that live on these mountain peaks, the ones that we see every day in our view. And some of those plants and animals live nowhere else on the planet except on these few peaks that are in the proposed rainforest reserve. Just about seven years ago, there was a beautiful red uh, flowering paintbrush. That's a wildflower many people are familiar with, the paintbrush. A particular species was discovered there just seven years ago. There was a dragonfly, the black petal tail dragonfly, that was also seen just a few years ago as uh, the first known recording in the area. And that dragonfly is one of the oldest species on Earth and lives in just small little pockets around the world in tiny little um, populations. And so globally, it's incredibly rare. And here it is probably flying right now up in these mountains. So all of that incredibly rich, um, unique, and rare ecology and the geology that leads to uh, you know, massive rainforests being able to be established around waterfalls and streams. All of that leads to this particular place that we call the Rainforest Reserve as being one of the most biologically rich, most biologically diverse, and the most resilient to the changes that will come with climate change. And so that has been the reason that we have put so much time and energy into pointing to these mountains to bring them into the public good so that we can preserve all of that richness to feed our soul and to also feed the watersheds and the plants and wildlife that we want to be able to thrive there for all of time. Oh, well said, Katie. And this property, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for all of us on the North Coast to help preserve this property as a rainforest reserve. This property, which is about 3,500 acres, which really was industrial timberland. Most people, I think they look up from the beach and they think, oh, look at all this gorgeous land. That's public land, but it's not. It's private land. And so the ability for the North Coast Land Conservancy, Conservancy to establish this rainforest reserve is crucial for wildlife, for um and, and actually, the headwater streams that supply drinking water to Cannon Beach and Arch Cape are there as well. So yeah. this grant has helped you, but now we need to donate. We need to go to the North Coast Land Conservancy website, watch the three-minute video about the Rainforest Reserve, 
And then there's a donate button, and you can donate in honor of someone, in memory of someone. Uh, they will notify someone if you've given a gift in honor of the Rainforest Reserve. Um, this really is an iconic uh, uh, purchase and opportunity for uh, all of us on the coast to be part of, of something that will be there forever. And, uh, Katie, how can people be involved with the Rainforest Reserve Project? Thanks so much, Donna. You just really pointed people to it. You know, when we started this campaign, it was a five-year campaign for us to raise $10 million. I almost couldn't even used to say that out loud because it seemed so audacious to think that we could be successful. Now we're at a point where we have raised more than $8 million. And so we are in the finish, finishing race of this campaign, and we can get there. And now we're to the point where it's like every dollar really matters, every dollar counts, and it's a super exciting time, I think, for everybody on the coast. It's like, what if you could have said, I had something to do with creating Ecola State Park? Or, yeah, my mom donated to, uh, to creating Short Sands Beach, you know, where we get to play now. It's like, that's what this project is. And so if you're able to, you know, go to our website, check it out, learn more about the Rainforest Reserve, Look up into your viewshed and know that that's the place I'm talking about, those mountains. And, uh, and, and you can choose to be a part of it. I'd love for everybody who is listening right now to be there on the day that we celebrate this project coming into the public benefit. It's a legacy that will live on, you know, just for decades and generations uh, beyond us. And right now is the is the chance that we all have to be a part of creating something like that in our in our home place here on the Oregon coast. And even um, uh, Sam Boardman realized years, many years ago in the 50s, how crucial this piece of land um, was. And um, in fact, they've been called like uh, Oregon's Galapagos Islands, even though they are mountains. I mean, not only are there coho salmon swimming in the streams, there are intact stands of old-growth forest. I mean, it's just this—it's just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to to do this. And so, for all of us to be involved in whatever way we can, I, I think um, is what a great opportunity it is. Yeah, and as you said, with Sam Boardman, so he was our first uh, state parks director. He is the man that brought Equal State Park from a from a private uh, land into state parks, and he did that for Oswald West State Park as well. And upon his retirement, there's this quote that just inspires us all every day, where he said, uh, in the acquisition of Short Sands State Park, I always had an ulterior motive, which was to uh, acquire the surrounding hillsides of Angora and Onion Peaks to create one of the nation's greatest natural areas. And so this is something that has inspired like all the generations before us. And right now we have a chance to make it happen. Yes. Oh, Katie, thank you. Now we just have a couple of minutes left and the North Coast Land Conservancy is will be protecting and rewilding the temperate rainforest known as the Rainforest Reserve. And you can be part of that Katie, any last things you would like our listening audience to know? Oh, just thanks so much for listening today. Um, I look really forward to a time where we can have our group events again. And so, you know, if you wanted to go onto our website and get onto our 
e-news list or something like that, we'd be able to notify you of when we're putting on our free hikes once again. And uh, we'd have a chance to meet and introduce you uh, to many of the special places that are out there. Good. And the North Coast Land Conservancy website is nclctrust.org. You can Google North Coast Land Conservancy. Um, they have a beautiful video showing the Rainforest Reserve property. And you can sign up for their newsletter, Coast View, and hit that red donate button to become part of the legacy of the Rainforest Reserve. Katie, thank you so much for the really important work that you and your small but mighty staff are doing. Oh, thank you so much, Donna. Thank you all so much for listening to Coast Community Radio and talk of our towns. We are doing the best we can during this challenging situation with homegrown radio, stumbling, fumbling with radio interviews by phone. And so thank you for your patience uh, with all of us. And we so appreciate you being part of the Coast Community Radio family. Um, thanks so much to Nevada and Graham for making this possible. And also my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Brun for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, let's find a moment actually right now to take that very deep breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that aren't going well, but then there are things that are so good in our world, beauty of the land we live in here, the people who love us, and then love yourself. Give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for doing the best you can, because everyone really is under all these circumstances, and for being here now, in this moment, the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth.